Hello! Good day, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Magic the First Pioneers Podcast. This podcast is all about the Pioneer format, and we keep our listeners up to date with what is new, interesting, and or powerful in the world of Pioneer. I'm your host, Kevin Finkel, joined here with one of my co-hosts. What's up? It's your boy, Ashiok. Um, today, we're going to be going over some meta, and somebody decided to be very anti-meta and go ahead and go into their own uh, event that's going on didn't want to sit here and talk with us so we're gonna be alone today it's gonna be so sad it's a uh, market research ryan is off doing some market mm-hmm. research on the pioneer format and we'll be back with his findings which will probably include some silly japanese things because they play some goofy goofy decks over there yeah we'll we'll see what he ends up with with his bard class list too we'll see we'll see what he submitted yeah yeah uh but yeah yeah that's what i was gonna say is uh we haven't done a kind of uh meta wrap up or anything like that normally we do these you know a few weeks out from when the first the the set first drops that way we can kind of see what has actually shown up versus the fun things that we spent the first couple of weeks with a new set uh brewing and rating that we thought might show up so now's the ones that uh you know have been field tested and are actually popping up here and there you know we'll make some bold predictions based on those and uh go from there so do we want to start uh, i think that the first one we have is from the ninth, yes, yeah. that's what we've got as well. Yeah, so this top eight for this is we're we're just gonna be talking about MTGO results. There hasn't been a whole lot of paper stuff. Uh the RC cycle mm-hmm. starts next week, which we'll touch on later because it's your boys RC. It's one of the two. Um but going on with this Pioneer Challenge on the ninth, we have first place uh, is is it Phoenix, uh followed by Azoria Spirits, Mono Green, Creativity, uh another mono green player, uh Boros Agra, I believe this one is heroic. Uh, Rakdos sacrifice and an Azorius control. Uh, with my uh, with my IRL homie coming in in ninth, you know she she barely missed out. So sad, but oh. eh, I mean like ninth is still dope, and it was with uh, is it Phoenix with a friend. So yeah, so we're seeing that uh one I would say there's like one change. I would say that's really it. Uh, with uh, with a lot of this, which is like the Bora or sorry with um heroic heroic coming back. I think that is the mm. the big overarching theme that we might might be seeing for a bit. Okay, so as far as what's driving it to come back, uh, you know, we will talk a little bit about what the meta looks like, but for new cards, uh, Monstrous Rage is one that I was excited about, and uh, I don't feel like nobody, I feel like you guys kind of shot me down on that one, so I'm glad to see it seeing some play here, is it's, you know, the one red instant, it's plus two plus zero, and creates a monster roll, which is a permanent plus one plus one, and trample. Yeah, I think originally during spoiler season, I was pretty low on a lot of these cards, like, like created a roll or whatever, because, like, I thought it would be pretty meaningless, and, like, I don't know. I guess I like I didn't like dive in enough, but I think the thing that makes Monstrous Rage like pretty good is just how it interacts with like Illuminator Virtuoso, giving it like permanently trample, and it's just mm-hmm. such a problem because like you can't continuously like chump it. Like you can't be like, okay, cool, you got me once with trample. No, they're gonna get you every time with trample, and it's just it, it becomes so much more of a problem for these decks that just kind of want to go wide and have a lot of creatures to end up blocking a lot of their stuff. And as far as, uh, you know, meta calls, I feel like it's always, you know, people always say that it's such a good matchup into mono green. Are there any other decks that are really showing up that would make this Boros aggro heroic deck uh, popular right now? Yeah, it's really good at, like, pressuring a lot of these, like, smaller, like, like uh, a lot of these, like, um, uh, low to the ground, like, sorry, these, like, slow decks. Um, I, I personally feel as though that, like, the creativity matchup's pretty good. Like, you, your first creature usually always dies uh, when going into these, like, removal-heavy uh, decks. But you kind of just got to, like, you like the, the amount of protection now that is also run and, like, the fact that these de- decks just, like, build up in power so much now. Like, a lot of these removals, like, Fiery Impulse just isn't as great anymore. Um... Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's it's like a creativity. Um, Lotus Field is like a great matchup because like Lotus Field will just not interact with your guys. Like you'll just kill them on three a majority of the time. Um, it's it's been really good against the slower five color dirtily decks that I love playing. Um, it's 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 just been like praying a lot of the slower decks because uh, a lot of the slower decks in the meta basically. Okay. Um, so for me, is when I'm looking at this top eight, I think the one that stands out as a little bit of a surprise compared to what I'm normally used to seeing in the meta is this blue-white spirits really coming back. And I think this list is really interesting. It, to me, looks more like what the mono-blue spirits lists have traditionally looked like, but it's dropping the, you know, the mono-blue synergy. Usually you'd get to play the Snowlands and instead is playing Spellqueller in the main deck, some amount of Invasion of Gobekin, and then an entirely mono-white sideboard, which is, I think is pretty funny. 
Yeah, I actually know Fingers 1991 uh, pretty well. You talk to him pretty pretty often. And yeah, I think I actually watched a little bit of this. Uh, yeah, no, like Sp- Spirits is also really good now. Uh, I don't know what exactly ended up changing. I think that it's kind of weird because Spirits, because uh, another deck that ended up rising that we'll talk about in a second is Phoenix, like Phoenix coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, and traditionally, Spirits does not have a very good matchup against Phoenix. It is, uh, Phoenix just removes all your things and continues to kill you. Um, yeah, so it, it's kind of weird that we're seeing the rise of it, but it kind of makes a little bit of sense when when we're, when we're seeing, like, Mono Green pop up. Um, the death of, like, Grease Fang is kind of bad for Spirits. Like, uh, it, it, the, the meta is kind of, like, shifted into this weird spot. And it, it's weird that Phoenix is good, or sorry, the Spirits is good, in my opinion. I don't, I don't understand why, but... Everyone just wants to play it. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. And that kind of mirrors what I was saying, is that it seems like it's a little bit of an off-meta pick, but it's very cool that they managed to uh, place a second-place list here with that anyways. Um, I do definitely want to talk more about this Is It Phoenix, because I think it's interesting that it, it, you know, it never really went away, but it does always seem to, like, go away for a little while, and it just kind of comes back, and it's like, oh, nothing new is added to it. People just, you know, started playing it and realized that it still just wins games. Um, you know, the only real card that's new here is Sleight of Hand. H- have you gotten to play with Sleight of Hand in this deck? I haven't tried a list, a version that has it. I, I don't know yet. I don't personally, like, play a lot of, like, decks that I don't overly enjoy playing, and this is one of them, because hmm. the play pattern is just so not my thing. Uh, however, I do have a lot of friends that do end up playing this deck, and I usually just, like, sit in Discord and watch them play, and it, it, it's basically like playing the deck, you know? And I I, I think that yeah. the upgrade yeah. to Sleight of Hand, or sorry, the upgrade with Sleight of Hand is just, like, it's a lot more impactful than what I originally thought, because I was just like, oh, cool, they just get another cantrip, like, who cares? But it, it is literally, they get another cantrip, we care. Because now they find their, like, thing in the ices more consistently, which is either, like, it's either going to be the best card in the matchup or the worst card in the matchup. And with all of this card selection, it's kind of nice to have those more of these, like, silver bullet type cards. Um, they've been, like, trimming on Charter Course as well, uh, which which we'll see in, like, later lists. They, they, they develop over time. Um, so I, yeah, yeah, I, I definitely wanted to talk about Thing in the Ice being kind of back, but maybe not. And I think that there's two real touching points on this deck that we kind of need to discuss is that the winning list was four Thing in the Ice, four Arclight Phoenix, end of story on creatures. Um, that ninth place list you said, that's Phoenix Flame, uh, you said you know someone, that mm-hmm. personally, that was four Ledger Shredder, one Thing in the Ice, four Arclight Phoenix. The other, um, kind of, there's a word for what I'm thinking of, like, you can flip the switch on this deck, is that whether or not you're running Temporal Trespass plus Galvanic Iteration, which, again, the first place list did not, the ninth place list did here. And that, you know, one tournament, the difference between first place and ninth place, don't say that one is better than the other because of that. But I think that those are kind of the points where the people who are playing this deck the most need to kind of figure out which one is better and narrow down their lists on it. Because it's very interesting that both of them are showing up at some regularity. Yeah, I think, I think, this especially just being the the first iteration of the tournament or like with the new meta or as i i'm, I'm gonna put quotations on new meta because it's just like a couple of wild yeah. cards like it's not like an entirely new thing but we, we i think it's just kind of like i'm gonna play what i'm comfortable with and just see what happens and hugo freites is, is is a known phoenix player he's a known moto grinder he he probably just like really thought that there was gonna be a lot more low to the ground aggro so that's why we see four fit thing in the ice ledger shredder is really good at with with a sleight of hand more cards that are cheaper are better trying to put cards into your graveyard and the uh i know anna personally really likes the temporal trespass galvanic iteration type thing just to give an oh i've killed you out of nowhere type thing um yeah that was what was always nice about it is that it feels like you're never ever ever out of a match because you could always just you know cantrip your way into a combo that kills them from pretty much any point of life you know, the two Hall of a Storm Giants can, you know, one of those hitting twice can do enough to do that. Um, I do think I agree, though, with Ledger Shredder being a lot better with Sleight of Hand, just because it was rough when you Ledger Shreddered and you're like, you know, fire impulsing something just to get that second spell for a trigger. Whereas Sleight of Hand, you can do it a lot more aggressively and you know, you'll always kind of hit that second trigger. Yeah, more cantrips just allow the Ledger Shredder to be a lot more consistent. However, I think we're going to end up seeing a lot more of this thing in the ice type thing uh, over the Ledger Shredder, just purely because of how aggro-y the format's kind of gotten. 
it's just it's just so much more aggressive now because uh there is basically three breeds of boros decks that exist now and all of them all of them are slightly different some of them are like like damage based removal against pia is so good damage based mm. removal against uh, heroic not that good it is not very like, like or like edict effects edict defense against boros convoke not that good <laughs> edict defense oh, against yeah. uh heroic insane like I'll, I'll, so would you think that would contribute to control? Well, control did still end up at the top eight. Control did. Control did. I I have the person. This is my personal opinion of a uh, control dookie. Don't don't even think about control. Control bad. Um, but this person did do well. So you know, go them. I think my issue with their list oh, is they're no. playing too quick study, which is just. I atrocious. was about to say Ryan's going to clown on us. Somebody oh, playing yeah, quick study. Yeah, over this here. is good. Good that he's not here for this episode. He's going to be like listening to this <laughs> while recording, and he's going to be like, "Yeah, I was right." And you know what else is really bad about this deck? Have you checked the sideboard? Uh, what is it now? Not you know, just looking at a control sideboard, I'm like, what is missing? Obviously, is not sticking out to me. Maybe the mystical disputes. Do you notice that there's four brutal thar in the sideboard? <laughs> I mean that that did seem a little silly. I was wondering what they're doing there. That, that is very very silly, and I I don't even think I've ever seen a surge of all salvation ever cast in Pioneer. But I mean, like, hey, if it's working for this guy, go for it. I think this person really does not like red black, and they're just like, "Hey, I'm just going to brutal cathar their uh, shouldered, and that's going to work because they're going to side out all the removal." I also don't think this person overly likes win conditions, but uh, <laughs> there's also two sea chrome coast in this deck. Like, there's just so many issues that I hate about this deck. But I mean, Ooh. we won't have to worry about pioneer, or sorry, we won't have to be worrying about control for too too much longer. It's only going to exist until we get to to Ixalan anyway, right? Ha, ha, ha. I don't know if you saw the spoilers I mean, today. Yeah, I did see the spoiler. Yeah, but. I mean, I'm looking at this deck. It's like, okay, counter a non-creature spell, counter a non-creature spell. You know, what are they actually... Are they countering your creature spells in this deck? I don't feel like they are. Nope. They're just verdicting them away. Yeah, they're just saying, oh, you're committing to the board? Cool, bye. Oh, cool, you're not committing yeah. to the board? Cool, counter it. But don't worry, that yeah, one exactly. essence scatter is going to get you. That one essence scatter. <laughs> that one essence scatter, yep. Whatever reason um, Okay, so you had had the perfect transition before, and I messed it up, is that you were talking about Boros, Aggro. Do we get to see the other kind that you were talking about in the other tournament here from the day after on the 10th i think so uh no 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 it's the next week it's next week that we see a oh, lot okay. more of like the, the widespreadness right, we'll transition to that later let's just talk a little bit about this uh the one for the 10th let me run through the top eight here, here go for it. uh first place you know hidden strings that's what they're calling it here you know it's lotus combo number two is a phoenix number three mono white humans number four this is going to be another of heroic. the uh yeah heroic um, do they even play any cards that have heroic anymore? Okay, they technically, hoplite, favored hoplite has heroic. Yes, <laughs> like te- and technically, tenth least district district legionnaire should it realistically it yes, should have yes. heroic. Um, fifth place is a they're calling it cruel aggro. Let me take a it's quick, just quick peek. Oh wait, no and, wait. Um, Okay, oh, good. we'll talk about this one. Yeah, we'll this one's interesting. This. Uh, so, Gru Agro is a Phoenix, a Boros Agro. Let's see what this one is. <laughs> like you said, there's three different flavors. Okay, this one is also a heroic. Yeah. Uh, and then we've got a. We'll talk about that one in a sec. Four color. That one is wild. We'll talk about it. Okay. Um, we've got an Atraxa deck. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll call it that. Yeah, it's that. a pile. Um, but the thing that I also want to mention here is that we're also seeing like a bunch of Rakados mid range, like littered throughout the 16th to ninth uh, place. I think that's four copies I see here. Like, Macros mid range is still like fighting its way up, but it's dying. Like, we haven't, that, that, it's not in top eight yet. So. Uh, Rakados mid range, it's over. It's over, guys. Ooh, there's a Just Guy Ascendancy in the top 32 here. Yeah, it's my boy Taimu. He's the, he's the Finnish legend. Oh, we love, yeah. We love him. Uh, he was great. Yeah, we love Taimu. Um, but, anyways, uh, we'll talk, we'll, we'll go top down for whatever we find interesting. Um, yeah, go ahead. Lotus combo. Uh, not that interesting. I think I think it's really weird because <laughs> no, like all. the Lotus Lotus has like so many auto loses now. Like I don't think in a million years we can build hidden strings. Like you could, I, I guess sorry, you could build hidden string or Lotus combo to like beat heroic and like a lot of these other aggro decks. But for the most of the time, they just clown on Lotus Field, and it's just not close. And so it's kind of weird to see one win a tournament when we see the rise of heroic. Hmm. We don't see anything like cool or interesting in the board. Like maybe it's like Perilous Voyage is interesting if you find that. But for the most part, it's pretty stockless. Nothing too too interesting. Um, I think this Phoenix list was another thing in the eye. Oh no, it was the Legislator list. It was, but it's not running the the, the turns. Okay, interesting, interesting. 
where else are we going? Oh yeah, humans. This is the first time we've seen humans in a while in top eight, to be honest. As, as someone that usually like watches humans pretty regularly, because I always attend FNM with my girlfriend and she plays mono white humans. Mm. Uh, she doesn't know anything about building decks, so she just lets me do whatever I want. So I always just like follow the meta <laughs> for it. And yeah, like just like it, you don't usually see it too too often, but we're seeing it here. So dope. Shout out the shout out to Falcon. Um, I I guess we're going. yeah. And I think this is totally stock here. I don't think anything new has shown up since uh. Coppercoat Vanguard. Yeah. And then we're going to Gruel Aggro. And it's really funny that we get the Gruel Aggro deck when when um uh, Ryan isn't here. Yeah, I mean there's no uh there's no bard class, so I think this is more in like my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. At least a little bit. There's some interesting things here. Um What's interesting? No, they are playing a lot of okay, so they're playing Godric. That's exciting to me. Um, I think that card has been kind of cool for me. I don't know if it has a home yet, but if they're having luck here, maybe this is it. Um, this is a lower to the ground red green. You know, they're not playing the chariot and things like that. They're not playing any five drops. They're really curving out to get to Samut, and that's about it. Uh, new cards are playing some of the Witchstalker Frenzy, which I also think has been good. Uh, that one, it's kill target Shouldred, uh, and it costs, you know, two to three mana usually, or maybe even one to three. Yeah, I'm still not too, too high on Witchstalker. I think, I think since today I spent a lot of my time since I, since I work at a card store, the, the, mm-hmm. the, the player store, sorry, the world has been going on. And I think, I think what I didn't really realize about Godric is just like, he also counts himself when he enters. So like, yes, the fact that you can just like, I think the, the play I saw from like Mono Red Aggro today, was like Kumano on one, insert two drop on two, um, mm-hmm. And then Godric on three, because like the the command is gonna flip and re-enter the battlefield, and then you yep. just Godric. Godric's a four four now. Beat your opponent's face in with a four four flyer. Like I I didn't think about that, and I think that's a little bit more interesting to me. But I think what's like what what's like kind of astounding is just like I if if you gave me like a thousand times or a thousand tries to try to build up like Gruel Aggro deck with like the creature mm-hmm. suite, I wouldn't have ended up here any of those times. I would not have ended up with two Reckless Bushwhacker, two Ruby. These numbers to me are just insane. Do you have any idea of so, why are these numbers the uh, way they are? Here's my thoughts is how this ended up here is that they saw Kumano, Godric, and they're like, man, that's a lot of fun. I need to build around that. And this deck started out with either three or four Godric in it. And they started realizing it wasn't that good. It was a little bit slow. Um, it wasn't as powerful as some of their other, you know, three drops. And they just kept kind of pulling out copies of it and putting in other things. And they're like, I got to leave at least the one because it's so much fun. But I-, I feel like this is built the way that I've built a lot of decks where it's like, hey, I want to build around this combo. And then when you realize it just doesn't quite have the staying power, y- you kind of claw back and you end up with this kind of amalgam of two, three, one copies of a lot of things. That- that's my guess, at least. Yeah, no, it's me. Like, I don't know. It's like someone that like thinks of deck building. It's just like, okay. Four of this, four of the good card, four of the other good card, four of the other good <laughs> card. I don't think of like, oh, two Legion Loyalist for when I need it. Oh, you know when you need That's that? That's the right amount of Legion Loyalist. Uh, t- yeah, two for- Reckless Bushwhacker blows my brain with two, three Samut. I think I can like understand like playing a lot of threeos of these like legendary creatures, but like, bro, two Reckless Bushwhackers never could never. What I do like, I do like the Kari Zev. That is another great way to turn on Godric in that, you know, it'll attack, you know, turn two Kari Zev, turn three Godric. She attacks, makes a monkey. That's your two creatures. So Godric will become that 4-4 flyer. Um, and then also synergizes with Samet in that the monkey just entered the battlefield. I feel like that's really what they were building around is that core there. Yeah, all right. All right. I can see that. That's a lot more interesting. I like that we're seeing Questing yeah. Druid a little bit too. Like I thought Questing Druid would be dookie because everybody was trying it in like that boros or niapia deck and like mm. it looked so bad but now okay i hadn't played it but i saw that it was seeing some play there yeah it, it, i'm glad that it's like seeing a little bit more play because i don't think that card is like stone cold unplayable but it definitely was not playable in that arc diet can i shout out the other way that i've been messing around with godric Go for is it. okay you have godric in play you play a uh and my brain suddenly forgets how any <laughs> it's not glory bringer what's the other five drop uh, uh goldspan goldspan you play goldspan how much damage is that with the dragon and him mm-hmm. uh that sounds like eight damage mm, nope that's that's gonna be 12 right there why is it 12 
Because you, you swing with the dragon, that makes a treasure. Now Godric is a 4-4 flyer, and you spend a red mana to give each of your dragons plus one plus zero, which your treasure makes two red mm, mana. It's dragons, not it yeah, gets. Yeah, it's all dragons you control. That, that part's really gross. Or like, you know, I've done turn one elf, turn two Godric, turn three uh, Fable, which is kind of absent from this list. Yeah. And then turn four Glorybringer, or not Glorybringer, uh, the other one is is a lethal swing. Like that that's how much damage that adds up. Yeah, you know what? You got me with that one, I'll admit. You set me up and you hit. Red green dragons, let's go. <laughs> Alright. Uh I don't know if this any of these heroic I think these these heroic lists are both Hamadas from like forever ago. So like there hasn't been a change. Yeah, they're exactly cost the same. They're the same list. Cool. So there's nothing interesting about the heroic lists. Uh, okay. you ready to talk about eighth place? <laughs> Uh, yeah, let's talk about what's going on here. Yeah, so I saw this list uh, a little while ago. Um, it it blows my brain. It, it, I I don't even know where to start. So it's Transmogrify. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not Transmogrify. But... It's Luca. Let's make this clear. It's yes. Luca. And the creatures are Elvish Mystics, Lanowar Elves, Kinnon, Rona, Sylvan Caryatid, two Atraxa. And the entire point is you're playing this I'm going to kill you with a Traxa type game while also playing the Rona combo while also playing mm-hmm. the Kinnon combo. It's Oopsal combo is what I like to call it. Yep. So it's got the Attraction, Retraction Helix, Mox Amber, Rona for infinite mana, which is even better with Kinnon around. Um, Sylvan Caryatid is another good target for your Retraction Helix. Also pair as well with Kinnon. Um, that part all makes sense. Tyvar along with that makes a lot of sense. Ren and Realmbreaker in here. That one stands out as being a little bit weird. That one I th- and then there's an even weirder one. Uh, that one I think is just kind of like a mana fixing control type thing. Because like you are sometimes going to have to like hard cast a lot of these things. Like you are trying to cast a lot of these like pretty mana intensive blue spells with this red spell, with this black spell. Like you are five colors. So you might as well just play like the the two Ren and Realmbreaker. I think the thing that blows my brain here is it's two Karn the Great Creator with an entire Karnborn. That minus that, that i was gonna say that's the weird part right minus there. two spell pierce and a retraction helix if you can point out to me why the retraction helix why the fourth copy is in the board go you i don't understand why you're going to wish there's no for... wish there's no wish no 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 you're gonna you're gonna find let's see here there's another card you're in gonna the board? Your, when your opponent steals your stone brain and exiles all of your retracts and helixes, yeah. then you can... <laughs> yeah. Um, so... Oh, there's one to gate two. Uh, I was going to say... Well, one thing I was going to say about Run and Realm Breaker here is that it does also make another way to get a hexproof creature to retract and helix combo with, I guess. I guess. I Well, don't you need, like, the Rona? Isn't the entire point putting the retraction helix on the Rona? Yeah. Yeah, that would be... And, like, the thing about Red and Railbreaker, too, is it doesn't even work with Luka, because you're just going to hit Elvish Mystic. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I do like that Luka versus the Transmog lets you turn any of these, like, two mana creatures into your one of, or your two of seven, but... Yeah, like, you're still able... I, I feel like the Red and Realmbreaker do stand out a little bit as a unusual addition. I genuinely think it's just because they he's going to have such a hard time casting all of these colors that he just needs it. Like, Oath of Nissa can only fix so much. Yeah. Like, that's the that's the only thing. But, like, yeah. Which is also in here, yep. I also think it's really funny that we can, like, uptick Ren and then uh, tap it for mana and then untap it with Tyvar. It's very, very Splinter Twin-esque. Yeah. All right. Time to see how right I was with Rakdos Midrange. How many copies of the end do you think we're going to see in these four lists? Ooh, that that's an interesting question. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say one. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say somebody's trying. I'm gonna it. say two. I think there'll be two. Uh, first list is a big fat no. Darn. Second list. Uh, I'm gonna start from the bottom. Ooh, there oh, are there's some one new card. I see one. The second one. Oh, there we go. We got one. We also got some uh, Bro, decadent. There's a decadent the dragon in the sideboard. I'm so upset. If you play decadent dragon, just <laughs> know I'm out there crying. Don't do it. <laughs> crying happy tears. Nope. Nope. You tried. <laughs> it's not happy. It's sad. I'm sad. Uh, All right. Third one looks stock. Fourth one there isn't. Okay, yeah, fourth, you're right. There is one. Oh no, third one has uh, the end. Fourth one looks stuck. Oh, okay. Uh, no, sorry. Third one has two. The end. So we're up to we, three. We failed. Yeah, I think the thing that I didn't think about is we're seeing the end a lot more in Rakdos sacrifice than Rakdos midrange. Just as like another way to hmm. like, because like I guess it has like a really hard time dealing with Karn the Great Creator. Because like once it's in play, it turns off your oven, so it turns off a lot of like your already existing 
sacrifice outlets alongside like treasures and like blood tokens so like i guess it makes a lot more sense as like uh an anti-hate piece in rakdos sacrifice that's like pretty okay to main deck yeah uh, one of them main deck that doesn't seem unreasonable just in case you know so at least we're seeing some new cards. That's dope. Is, do you want to talk about any of the other fun things? You want to look at Jeskai's Guys? I was gonna just you know do a quick look, see if there's any other new cards showing up in the uh, list here. There is another green red. This one is the uh, you know it's vehicles, not the uh... oh they're running some Huntsman Redemption. Huntsman Redemption. Oh, makes a three three sack a creature to get a creature or basic land, and then gives two creatures plus two plus two and trample. So I have new info. It must have been a streamer. Sure. It must have been a streamer that popularized this five color deck. I don't know or a content creator. I don't know who because there's another copy of it in thirty first. Oh wow! Hey, there you go. Maybe it was in like a prelim dump and I didn't notice, but we're also seeing two copies. With this one is not playing the Run and Realm Breaker, no. though, and it doesn't have the uh, Attraction Helix in the sideboard, so they've figured something out. They're, they're getting there. They're they're working. They're they're putting their heads Pulsimir together. in the sideboard of this one. Yeah, though. I don't understand that. I'm gonna be real. Ah. <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of questions. Is basically what I'm saying. Ah. Yeah. Now the o- the only shame I think with Luca is that you can't run it with a companion. Mm, yeah, it's tough. I think the only other thing that I like I can notice like from looking at this is like Greasefang's only a two copies here. Like Greasefang is like dead. Which thank thank our Lord Jesus. I hate Greasefang. If you hate dying on turn four, let us know. Tell us tell us how much you also mm. hate Greasefang. Yeah. Ooh. <sighs> Greasefang's awful. Alright. Like they get a special mention as probably a bannable card yeah yeah i remember i remember when we were doing those episodes of like what would you change and parhelion 2 was always on my list i'm like let's just remove turn four kills from pioneer i feel like that's a fair take and everyone was like grease is not even that like atrocious it's like inconsistent and i'm like bro you obviously have not died turn three pretty relevant or pretty recently like come on come on come on yeah y'all you all would have defended um aether flux or aether You'll get there. Man, I can't brain today. You'll get there. Don't mind me. It's okay. It's okay. Aether hub into a four drop that wins the game. Uh, Aether, Aether works Marvel. Aether works Marvel. There we go. It's okay. You just have to be so thankful that you're so cute. You know? Oh, uh, yeah. It, it just balances out. You ready to move on to the... Busy day work, or busy week. You ready to move on to the 16th? <laughs> oh, yes. Here we go. Now we get uh, different flavors of Boros. Yeah, yeah. I got this one. So I got a couple boys Oops, in top boys. I got a couple of my boys. And we also got a returning friend in one of these spots. Uh, so we got Hamuda. This is the one that usually like popularizes a lot of these like Boros aggro, like Boros heroic lists. Um, and then we got my friend A. Hotterho with Boros Convoke. He's been trying to, he's been working really hard, pioneering that deck with Regal Bunnycorn. Uh, then we got another, by the looks of it, it's, a, it's, it's the stock um, uh, heroic list. And then we see another mm-hmm. copy of Lotus Field. Uh, then we see Spirits, Lotus Field, uh, Rakdos Midrange, and it's my boy House of Mana with Mono Green in eighth. And we also see our boy Claudia with Niv to Light in eleventh. By the way, ooh, so, yeah. Okay, I like that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what Hamuda uh, ended up changing in the list. I don't actually remember. Uh, it doesn't look. Uh, right. Let's see what he's running. That's a little bit different. So you know, we got that other one in third that we can compare to is a nice way to oh, kind of see what's guy. different. Yeah, because this guy's on the stock Oh yeah, list. one more Dreadheart Arcanist versus one fewer uh, Spikefield Hazard, tenth district legionnaire. There's also a oh sorry, it's a it's a Tajiri Shelter for a Spikefield Hazard. Ah okay. Uh. I, I do like the um I do like that you know you said this is the stock list and now Monstrous Rage is just stock. I'm a fan of that. Yeah, Monstrous Rage is like getting there. It's like pretty stock. But uh, if we're talking about not stock stuff, we can go talk about Convoke. Yeah, that's definitely where I want to go is talk about Convoke because I think that people were trying some things. You know, what I saw is that people were like, okay, I want to try out Regal Bunnycorn. How many am I running? What am I replacing? Uh, you know, Ryan took it. Ryan tried a list and he put Regal Bunnycorn in over. I don't even remember what at this point. Probably but, like Clarion Spirit. Uh, yeah, that was a pretty yeah. obvious cut. Yeah, so uh, I I talk to Otter pretty frequently here. Um, and he he says that he wants to like he he did also cut some of the Clarion Spirits. He's down to just one. He's playing a, uh, mm-hmm. more of the Giant Killers main deck because he is finding that like a lot of these bigger creatures are an issue. Like like. Uh, 
Like, Heroic is just such a problem sometimes for Convoke, because Heroic Convoke's trying to go wide, and when you have, like, a 20-20 double-striking trample guy, that's kind of hard for your 1-1 to chum. But, yeah. anyway. Uh, he's also playing... He's, so, he's, he's settled on 2, and the reason he says it's correct is because it's either the best card in the deck or the worst card in the deck, and there's, like, little to no in-between. You are either crushing your opponent with, like, a 5-5 on turn 2, or you played a you played a two mana two two and it got stomped. Like it, it doesn't solve the problem of like protecting against board clears as well. It doesn't solve the problem mm -hmm. of like uh, it, it's what problem it solves is it solves the fact that it can pressure as one creature while also still developing your board. So you can convoke your other smaller creatures while getting in with Rainbow Bunnycorn and like still applying pressure pretty well, which is I think where we landed on this card. Okay. Um, the other thing that he's also doing and trying is he's trying uh, emo emodane. I don't know how to say that. Uh, yes, that one I definitely want to call out because I think that you know that is one that Ryan was running in his version, yeah. and I'm happy to see that it is seeing play. You know, this is another new card. Yeah, he he says that he really likes the recruiter because it's a lot more like consistent. Like with Reckless Bushwhacker, you do need another spell in hand, and I don't know if you've ever played Convoke or watched Convoke be played, but they often mm -hmm. don't have a hand by turn three. Their their hands in yeah. play, or they just drew two off of their uh, Knight Knight Errant. So this one being a lot more consistent is just kind of why it's being picked. Uh, it's it's a three two split in favor of Recruiter. Uh, Otter says he really likes it. I don't know. I, I I don't have a strong opinion of whether or not he's right or wrong. I'm just gonna trust him. Yeah, now no uh, card advantage. I guess they've got wedding announcement in the sideboard, but they don't have like the um, what's the one that exiles stuff? Portable? <laughs> uh showdown. Yeah. Oh, that one. Okay. Yeah. You, you, I, um, now the only the other way I've seen people going is with Rebel Gold Bunny Corn running some amount of Ember Cleave alongside of it. Uh, how do you feel about that kind of version of the list? Yeah, going all in on Bunny Corn is just really hard because you already need to be going wide enough for the card to be good. But if you're going okay. wide enough for the card to be good, shouldn't you already just be winning? Mm -hmm. Like, that's kind of my take with it. Because it just seems like so much win more. And, like, when you don't have Regal Bunnycorn, what are you attaching Embercleave to? A 4-4? Four, four? Uh, I mean, that's anything. about the best thing you could. <laughs> the next best thing is a 4-4 four, four that you already had to convoke your entire board to take away pressure from to be able to do. Like, ah. It's just a, yeah. it's just a little, as the kids say, poo-poo stinky. Okay. I was just happy to see that people were playing that because I had suggested Ryan try it out. And uh, then I saw people playing it as like a, you know, 5-0 list, stock list. So uh, what, what else is in this top 32 that we want to look at here? Because I think there's some other interesting-ish things. I mean, this is the first time we've seen Rakdos Midrange in the top eight. I don't, I don't know if this one, uh, if X-Files oh, yeah. especially running anything interesting. Like he, he has his removal suite a bit more all over the place. Like I think, I think this is the first time I've seen Lifebane Zombie in a sideboard in a hot minute. Mm, uh, and or like a Chandra Torch Defiance too. Oh, mm, Chef's Kiss. Um, but yeah, it's just it looks pretty stock. It doesn't look like he's actually doing anything too, too interesting. But there's a red white goblins. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I think I saw this list showing up in a yeah. It's this guy. This guy. There's nothing really new here. This is the guy that just plays this deck consistently. I I, <laughs> I when I was going through like me and my friends were like uh, my friend was like oh god I don't know what to play in the RC and I was like don't worry I'll find you a deck and I saw this on the goldfish page and it was just cute oh, yeah. Chandra 19. He's got like 15 results with this deck. He 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 single handedly <laughs> made it like one percent of the meta. So go that. Okay. Okay. I love uh, it. I think the one I wanted to touch on was Claudio. Claudio's bringing back Niv to life. I was about to say. Well, see, I was about to say that that's, that's called the Claudio is uh, you know being making something a meta deck just by playing with it, winning it, with it repeatedly. Uh, being the only one playing it. Yeah, that's Claudio. He's he's been in uh, in my Facebook DMs trying to tell me, oh, you have to play Niv in the in the in the RC. It's gonna be so good and i'm like no because i played in the rc and i missed on two nibs is he swedish now no he we, we just make fun of him for sounding swedish okay but he is playing new cards so we gotta we gotta appreciate oh, yeah, we gotta appreciate him we love claudia but yeah he's playing um i forgot what the new card is that he's playing gosh uh he's playing up the beanstalk in his list i so i'll talk i'll talk a little bit more of up the beanstalk and how I, I, it's been in my experience and like these five color bring the light piles uh, but overall, it's usually been pretty good. Like, he doesn't have, like, like any, uh, like, wide range of new cards. Like, he's got Talion, the kindly lord in the board. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is, like, dope. That card is dope. How do you feel about uh, the end in this list? Um, It's a lot worse in Niv. However, in, like, a generic okay. Bring to Light deck, it's a lot better. 
Because, like, okay. Niv really you cares. You don't really want to... Yeah, I'm trying to think of what situation you would ever actually really want to... Ha- you know, if you're bring delighting for the end, that's a big... Com- you know, that's five mana for a single target skill spell. Yeah, like, I think when I was playing my leagues with, like, that kind of... Like, b- both bring delight and the end in my deck, I think I bring delighted for the end once against Mono Green. And it was because it was the first card that they played, and they down-ticked for the land. And so I was like, mm. yeah, you know what? I'll just remove all your cards now. Just, like, get them out of the way. And I ended up winning because of it, so... It, okay. it works out. I think I think the thing that I think why Niv might be, like, a little bit stronger now is because destroy effects are becoming a lot more relevant than damage-based effects because of Heroic. So, like, cards like Vanishing okay. Verse get a lot more equity, as does, like, Abrupt Decay, but again, your mana base is a little bit clunky, so like sometimes you're not going to be able to like get what you need to be able to answer these cards. But I mean, in a perfect world, Claudio will be slamming Bring the Lights on four every single game. Hey, he'll be slamming them in an imperfect world as well. Mm-hmm. And that's what we've got right here. Of course, we love Claudio. Shout out Claudio. And we also got Yasharn making a comeback, which is so happy. I used to play that card constantly. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's that's like a nice um, litmus test of the format. Is like, hey, when Yasharn main deck is good, you know that there's too much Racto sacrifice around, and it's time to go and win a league with uh, with Nivtolite. Yeah, you just gotta get it out of there. Oh my god, you know. So you want to talk about all the new cards showing up in Mono Green? Okay, um, you ready to talk about something? <laughs> I think I, <laughs> yeah. I think I've seen. Right, so like, let's go on to. I it. think I've genuinely seen like one or two lists like trying the turtle. I think the turtle is just so bad in the deck. Um, oh. The only other thing that I like wanted to touch on for like all of this was there is somebody in 14th place playing Phoenix where the only creature in their deck is Phoenix. Hmm. <laughs> they decided to play the the Gymnic iterations and the Temporal Trespasses and the Charter Courses and like, like they literally just got everything. Mine and like <laughs> just the Phoenixes are the only way to kill. So. If you ever play against this so dude... This is why you play the end, yes. Okay. The end is great. Uh, I'm trying to like look to see if there's anything else interesting. I mean, we've seen versions that are Phoenix plus Crackling Drake, and I'm sure there's games where Crackling Drake's not good that they would probably sideboard to look a lot like this. Mm-hmm. I agree. Oh, I guess those are usually running like... um, Or at least those were running Fable at some point. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Ready to move on to 17th? I don't think I see anything Yeah, else. let's move on to the 17th. Uh, is this one me to run through? Yeah, go for it. Number one, five color mid range. We'll, we'll go into that. Uh, number two, it's uh, Botahina on uh, Mono Green. We've got Rectosac in number th- three. We've got Mon- uh, you know, Phoenix in number four and five, maybe? Let me uh, I'll sure look at those in a second. They're both Phoenix. Yeah, they're both Phoenix. Okay. <laughs> uh, we've got Rectos mid range, Niv to Light, Claudio, and then a Is It Phoenix. So three Is It Phoenix, two Recto Sacrifice, a Mono Green, uh, and then. A couple of five color decks, which let's take a look at those. Yeah, whenever I see a five color list, I gotta click it. There's like, there's a lot more spice this time around. So shout out to shout out to the spicers, you know, Baron, getting all the good cards. But okay, so this is a Niv list, bring delight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. is the first one. Yeah, here. so it's it's your classic five color control. Um, this is been this is just the sixty card variant. Uh, this this deck saw a lot of play like beforehand already. It's just kind of like one of the better like control decks kind of thing like you like you were you was the best bring the light deck at the time like i think niv is a little bit more in the question now but like this deck was already just good this deck this deck list is only running to up the beanstalk which i'll get into later because I'm, I'm gonna be talking about a little bit of my own experiences with testing and prepping and things but uh it just makes me so sad it makes me want to cry it's definitely interesting that there's not a lot of ways to trigger it, and especially not to double trigger it with bring to light. Like you can basically only bring to light for you know the backside of selfless cliff weaver, or Valky, Alish, and escape the wild. Okay, yeah, Valky, Valky, yeah. Um, but it's not like it's not a Yorian version where you would be guaranteeing those double hits as well as some other. You know, you could just throw in more cards. Yeah, I mean, like, have you ever had Jeffrey draw a card? It's kind of nuts. Um, yeah, there's nothing too too special about this list. Uh, I'll get into what my version of this list is a little bit, and I'll talk more about like what I think about it. Um, okay. And we see like Rakta, or sorry, we we see uh, more is it Phoenix in top eight. Uh, I think I think the thing is like is it Phoenix? I think is now like one of the contenders of the meta. Like I think we're seeing the Rakdos decks kind of like fall off a little bit, and Phoenix is coming up, which is really interesting. I think it's really cool. Yeah. I think we also we also see mono black mid range in ninth. One second here. Is this is it, please don't tell me this is like waste not. Oh my god, it's waste not. 
Ooh, uh, so also let's point out that Claudio in this version snuck the Talion back into the main board. Oh, yeah, 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 I remember this. He was trying to scam me on this now. He's like, dude, this card is nuts. And I'm like, no. He also added another Omnath <laughs> to the main. Okay. I, I think my favorite thing about Claudio is he always finds a way to put two casualty of wards in the, wars in the board to be able to just, like, absolutely ruin a mono green player's night. <laughs> I like that. Ooh, so this mono black midrange is interesting. Yeah, we're seeing Wrangle's um, prank. Yeah, rankle prank. Got him. I think. I think. Oh, they are running the not. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, most of the ones I wanted to point out were like the virtue of persistence. I think it's interesting. You know, it's the minus three minus three gain two life, um, which isn't unreasonable as a two mana sorcery, and the seven mana side is pretty much unplayable. Um, yeah, but it's like, like the reason I think it's like a little bit better in this deck is just because you are a Liliana the Veil deck, so you are going to get like Hellbent, and like there is a realistic chance that you're just like ah. Oh, uh land uh uptick my uh liliana uh land uh uptick my liliana uh oh cool i have like seven mana now uh play this thing i had on adventure like it's just a way to get around liliana the veil yeah in theory it should be a mid-range card where when you're top decking it's going to be one of the more powerful things you can see it's like fine. um the the one of tenacious underdog is it just feels so silly here it's, it's like, the dirty dog how do you settle on one being the right number of a two drop it's it's for the granny matchups i don't know <laughs> the three guy reach sanitarium i love that it's three liliana on the main one of the board just in case you want it <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, I think whenever people build their decks, I just like I want to I want to like go into their brain and figure out what the hell is going on in there. <laughs> There's also another Nif Delight player in 15. This is crazy. Am I going to get scammed? Oh, love it. I might get scammed and playing this in the RC now. Heck. It's OK, though. Uh, we also see a really spicy list in 13. This is something that I was okay. a little bit interested in to see if this was like kind of playable. Uh, it's black, white, Yorion yeah. with Beseech the Mirror. Oh, that's such a my kind of deck. Yeah, so you're trying to use like the cart the, the the smaller hey. creatures that you have are like Thraven Inspector and Spirited Companion. And like when I was going over my Doom Foretold pile that I did during yep. the brew, I, I really liked the combination of Treacherous Blessing into Beseech the Mirror. It was really good, really powerful. Um mm -hmm. and and yeah, like this guy's abusing it uh pretty well. Uh I I'm not seeing any of the one mana hopeless nightmare. Uh, which I, I think oh, yeah. like maybe is probably correct, but like I'm sad about it because it would just mm. like it enabled uh, Red of Oblivion so well. And I, we're also seeing like a bunch of these one of tutor targets of being like Kaya's Wrath, Necromantia, Kaya Orzhov Usurper, uh, Shieldreds, and Demonic Packs. Like these one of targets are spicy. You know what they're not doing? You know, like when you've got a tutor, um, specifically when you've got this beseech i feel like people over attune for being four mana or less but if i don't feel like it's unreasonable if you wanted to have like the seven mana kaya in the sideboard or something and beseech for that you know that's still gonna win your uh your control meter kind of thing yeah until it cast a counter spell but you know let's shout out the big part here which is demonic pact demonic pact two of baby pioneer playable Woo. love it Woo. love it hot stuff is there anything else there's also somebody playing there's like somebody uh playing um my uh, up the beanstalk enchanties list, but they decided to okay. murder it, and I am really oh. sad because they decided. I do to, love the lithiform blights. The thing, okay. no, no, no. The thing that they're playing is Path to the World Tree, and every single time I see oh. this in a deck list, <laughs> I cry. Like, I, I love Path to the World Tree in a control heavy meta, and that was before we had stuff like up the beanstalk. Do you think we're in a control heavy meta? Can I and do do I have? I don't think we're in a control heavy meta. Also, you it's not even up the beanstalk that replaced it. It's Nylia's presence replaced it because leyline binding is just too good. Yeah, yeah. Leyline binding. Oh, but yeah. Before that, before that, it was it's a real good card. I, I loved it. And you know what else? I had a man back back in the day, back when like Rogue Brew and Niv to Light wasn't even really a deck. I had a version with um. Uh, what's the companion in it? Zerda in the main oh, deck. Oh God! <laughs> no, it, it had so many synergies. I had, you know, I had Scarab God. I had Kenrith. I had like the four mana Thassa. <laughs> uh, you're you're putting me to sleep, man. Oh my gosh! Uh, I can't. Good times, I can't good with times. that. Back in my day. Back in my day, we used to cast uh, what was the Phantasmal Image. That's the most boomer card I can think about. 
uh and then like the rest of this is like pretty whatever like there's another five color enchanties list that's just kind of like vibing it, it's it's kind of like my list but uh they're 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 just they play a couple of different creatures because you know they wanted to be unique so they like literally copied everything there's a couple else, boros but, aggro that look like they're both heroic i'm trying to see yeah, there's nothing else that interesting pia's pia's kind of dead now which is kind of nice like uh, everyone hated pia yeah that that Oh, okay. I didn't hate. I don't hate any. Well, there's, there's certainly decks I hate. Ah, I don't hate anything new. I hate. New. I don't hate anything in small doses. I hate everything that is a bad matchup for me, and I like everything that's a good matchup. Got it. Got it. I feel like it's a good way to live. So we can tell Ryan that that's why you hate uh, Bard class and Waste Knot is because mm. they're just too good against. Yeah, you. we can, we can we can let them we can let them rest with that. We can let them let them think that for now. It's okay. Oh. What else do you want to cover in this episode? Yeah, I feel like so, that was kind of what we wanted to do. That's uh, that'll wrap it up for the meta portion that we really wanted to talk about. Um, uh, mm-hmm. now I want to quickly like transition. I want to spend like the last like maybe fifteen to, uh, minutes ish, uh, just talking about like RC prep and like because there's maybe some listeners that have qualified for the RC, uh, and you know maybe they're their first time or anything like that. So I was just gonna like go into a little bit of like what my prep is and what I'm doing to try to like really get into like get into everything and like get ready for this because like it's a really big event and like this is where like careers can be made and like it, it's it's really intimidating especially going to like a first big event like how, how was your experience going to your first big event uh you know i barely even remember now so it's, it's well you were probably scared <laughs> just trying to make me feel old this episode ah, what can i say i'm a zoomer i'm a zoomer um yeah. but no uh, so what I what I've been doing is I uh, Pioneer is in a place for me personally where there's a lot of these top decks like Phoenix and um, Monogreen and Rakdos and Spirits and I don't like any of them. I don't want to play any mm. of them. I they are not my style. Like if I have to, like maybe it's Rakdos Sacrifice, but I, I I kind of just like went with a deck that I'm really comfortable with and I'm really comfortable with these five color greed piles that have really intricate <laughs> lines for no apparent reason. That is exactly what I love playing. Um, and so what I've been doing is I've been messing around with a bunch of different versions, like my Enchantress pile, uh, the five-color control pile. And I, I, I've just been kind of like figuring out what feels comfortable because I think I think something that's really underrated in Pioneer or when you're going to a big tournament is just feeling comfortable with your deck. Because I think that if you are the best player of a rogue deck, you're going to do infinitely better than being just a below average or an average player of a good deck. I think that's where I end up on that. Obviously, it depends. Like, you can't just be like, I'm the best treasure hunt player and show up to your modern FNM. Like, no, um, sorry, you're, you're done. But like, as long as we're talking. Well, if it's all about the if it's all about your mental, you got to remember that I th- always think I'm the best player at whatever deck I'm playing. So, yeah. And then you get too owed and then, you know, you sign the match slip and you go cry and you talk about, oh, I just never drew my... I don't know what you play specifically, but I'll pretend it's like uh, I'll pretend it's like bard class. Oh, I never do my bard class or anything like that. But yeah, so there's a lot of these bigger events coming up, and uh, I wanted to talk about the list that I was pretty interested in. Uh, I posted it in the results page. I got a five zero with it. I've been playing like I've been trying to play at least a league a day. Uh, Sometimes two, sometimes three, sometimes four. I think I've been getting up to four. I've been kind of being a degen because you know I really wanna I really wanna qualify for the players tour now. I'm seeing all my friends having fun at worlds and everything. Uh, so yeah, this is the kind of the, the deck that I've been uh, picking up and kind of playing. Uh, it is a it is like the five color bring to light deck that we've been seeing or we talked about earlier. However, I am playing Yorion over Jeffrey as the companion. Um, something else that's different is I'm playing four off the beanstalk because that card's good. Play good cards. Play oh, them as yeah. fours. Um, and something that also gets to be played in this list is Omen of the Sea as a four of. So you get to play both up the Beanstalk and Omen of the Sea. So you get a lot more of this like digging potential to try to find like either your Haymakers or your Bringdelites to be able to get your Haymakers. Um, and you also get to play Vanishing Verse, which I think is, like I said, I think destroy effects are at an all-time premium right now or edict effects because of Heroic. Everybody hates Heroic now. Um, if you're not, if you haven't died to it recently, you'll die to it at some point. Trust me. Uh, and yeah, I, I've been, I've been making small tweaks. Uh, I, I think something that's really, really good when you're going into an RC testing is to find like friends. I know it's really hard find friends or find people <laughs> that'll talk about magic with you. Find someone that you think is either better or equal or just literally anyone that'll listen to you talk, talk their ear off, uh, and, and, and try to make sure that like uh, you're making right decisions. Think about like slots, try to like talk out loud, um, 
something that I'm preparing for is like I, I've created cyborg guides for myself to be able to know what I'm doing uh, so I can just like think as much ahead of the game uh, as I'm sorry, ahead of the event as you can try to make like a little meta prediction, try to think about what decks you're going to see like personally where I'm from. Uh, it's so aggro heavy. Everybody loves putting in their monasteries with spears and their dauntless bodyguards and all these dorky creatures and just it's, it's dumb, but it's, it's where I am. So, uh, but you just got to get ready for all this and yeah, just be comfortable is like the biggest thing. You just got to make sure you get that. Uh, and yeah, and you're also going to be playing like, God, how much magic? I think day one is like eight rounds or something <laughs> ridiculous. Like you, uh, you, you'll need so much help. Like you, you'll need, make sure you bring your snacks, your water bottles. I know I sound like a mom. Let's send off their kid to like a soccer camp, but bring, bring, bring them your necessities. You'll, you'll end up thinking. Right, RC me. pro. What's your go-to snack for a, uh, for a magic tournament? I, I'm a big fan of splitting it up into sugary and salty. Cause like, I need like Ooh, that snack okay. that's going to like actually sustain me. And those are usually like, I don't know. Uh, like they're, they're like the Quaker oat yogurt granola bars. I buy a pack of them before I go. They're like the I, specifically the strawberry one if I can find it. That one is the goat. Um, but then I also have a box of Sour Patch Kids with me just in case that I feel as though like my blood sugar is kind of going kind of low and I'm like losing a lot of like my focus. Uh, also, as someone with like ADHD, I always make sure I have a caffeinated drink on me. So that's like uh, right now I'm really into Juvie. Uh, it's just like a sugar free one that doesn't taste like butt cheeks. Um, Okay, I like and, that. I, I'm always a big uh, bag of cashews guy. Bag of cashews is like a respectable one. I there there is this guy. Uh, shout out Lane. He's a homie. Um, uh, he shows up to every single event with two two liters of Tropicana orange juice every single Oof. time, and he finishes them both in one day. And I always am like, <laughs> how are you? Like, dude, Scurvy must be scared of him. Like. <sighs> I, All right, so RC prep. Here's your power move. Show up with a five gallon jug and just you know drink it at the table. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Just drink. Honestly, I remember my first time like playing against him, and I like saw him pull out like a two liter of Tropicana, and we just had like a conversation about orange juice for a while, and I was intimidated. Like it messed with my mental. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I I can't even put it into words. Shout out to you, Lane. You scared me. But yeah, your first few events will always be kind of scary. They'll be rough, but. I promise you I'm a fan. when you when you practice and you, you honestly as long as as long as you can also realize that magic isn't always about magic sometimes magic's going to be dog sometimes you're going to flood focus on the gathering the gathering is what's going to make it go to dinner with your friends have a fun time All right let, let me go back to the deck a little bit just because you know you were talking earlier you like to think about how people think about lists um I just want to touch on a few of the kind of touching points of this deck so you you shot about omen of the sea you're not running any Navia's presence nope. what's kind of the uh the reason to play omen of the sea over Navia's presence so, there Navia's presence is like a lot better when you have like a lot uh, sorry when you when you really 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 need to rely on these one mana removal spells that being like turning leyline binding into a one mana removal spell or you need it for like a really specific mana source or like you're trying like or for this case I, I i rather have the digging potential that omen of the sea has to offer and because I, I already have these cards that are already just gonna like be able to remove things in the early turns i don't necessarily always need a one mana leyline binding um and that's just kind of what it offers in enchanties versus here uh being able to look at three cards is well better than looking at one card um, yeah. just kind of being like stuck with whatever you do. So be, and, and, and it's also just like better with Yorion. Uh, this, this is playing one main deck of Yorion and one in the board. Uh, often a lot of the play patterns that I go through with this deck are like turn one, tap land, turn two, Sylvan carry added turn three. Uh, I usually play like an up the beanstalk and then I kind of like, you know, just like look at my hand, kind of figure things out. Maybe I'm casting like a fable or something. And then a majority of the time, honestly, when I'm casting the first bring the light, it's either for the Valky or if I have any of my two mana enchantments in play, it's a Yorion. I'm just immediately okay. resetting my hand to be able to pressure the board better. Obviously it matters. Cause like, I don't know, maybe I'm against like mono green and like my bring the lights matter, but it, it, it just depends on how high your card quality is and like what you need these specific targets. And I specifically need bring the light a lot more of the time. And so that's what I look for. Have you had any problems with not having enough mountains for your chain to the rocks? Nope. Uh, usually every single like shock line in this is a mountain uh, or is a, like, a type of mountain. Like you have like the two blood, like the only ones that aren't like are obviously like the check lands are really awkward and like some of the basics, mm -hmm. but a majority of the time, a lot of these lands just end up being like incidental mountains. And that's just what you need. Okay. 
Um, so the other couple cards I wanted to ask about is Unmoored Ego. You know, we just saw Claudio List. He was running, what is that, format Slaughter one? Games. Slaughter Games. Yeah, how do you feel about Unmoored Ego being your choice for that kind of card effect? I think it's really... Uh, Slaughter Games is a lot more awkward, uh, in my opinion. I think that Slaughter Games only, like, coming down on four is so much worse than coming down on three. Because against Lotus Field, their play patterns are often, like, turn one, you know, like, nothing, turn two, nothing, turn three, do the thing. And if you're on the play and you have the Unmoored Ego, you can name the Lotus Field. You can just kill that deck. And that's why, Mm. like, and I think the Lotus Field matchup with this deck more specifically is a lot more worse so the fact that you just have that as an out now is just exactly why I chose it over Slaughter Games. Uh, just, just being just being just like slightly more castable and like a really unfavored matchup is just why I want it. I don't know if Claudio's matchup against it's like better, but I, I I know that mine is bad, so I picked it. Okay, and uh, lastly is the Sweeper Sweet Sweeper Sweet. Yeah, you've got Definite Clarion, Extinction Event, and One Sunfall. Um, any other ones that you'd considered for that role? Yeah, there's like a couple others. Like, uh, I think like Languish was something I thought about for a bit, and then I immediately killed because Convoke was not nearly as scary as I thought. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's just for Convoke that you. I guess I should shout language. out that you know, Glyph, Selfless Glyph Cleaver also oh, yeah. is a sweeper you can find. Yeah, for for whenever you really want to mess up the board. Uh, yeah. So like the one, the reason I picked these ones specifically is just because like. Deafening Clarion is easily the best one to bring you back out of a Boros Pia or Convoke board state because the fact that you can just give your things lifelink is very nice. You know, you need to be able to draw or gain that life, you know, draw those, uh, or sorry, uh, deal that damage, come back into the game. Um, and then with Extinction Event, Extinction Event's specifically the nuts against Mono Green. Um, yeah. they're always going to have everything on odd. Sunfall is the catch-all, just because, you know, you do need that catch-all, that five-mana board clear. Other options I was thinking about is uh, Shadow's Verdict. That's a throwback mm-hmm. for whenever you, like, there just isn't that many Planeswalkers seeing play, so sadly passed on it. Um, even though I love, I love me some Shadow's Verdict. Uh, Sunfall... No, I like the addition of Sunfall. Sunfall. That one does seem like a good way to not miss anything. Yeah, Sunfall's really impressed me. It's been, it's been really good. Um... And yeah, like there's like other board clears that exist, like Supreme Verdict. Supreme Verdict's just a little bit harder to cast. Like we're not super reliant on blue. Like it's just like the one splash. For, or sorry, it's not super reliant on like yeah. We're we're not like super reliant on blue and like white uh, specifically. Like those blue white cards. There's there's none of them. Like uh, sorry, like it, it, you have to really think about your mana's uh, values, and that one requires two white and a blue, which is really hard for this deck to try to cast. So sadly, we cut that one for just the one that just costs one black. Um, yeah. That's really that's really why I, I went over these board clears. Uh, I can't really oh radiant flames. I'm thinking about adding some radiant oh, yeah. flames to the sideboard over these thought seizes. These thought seizes have been like mm. good in like the control matchups, but I think up the beanstalk has improved your matchup against control drastically because of the cast trigger. So I, I want more cards for my bad matchups, and I think my bad matchups are humans and Boros heroic. So any more cards that help me in that matchup, I think I'm gonna lean a little bit more towards. How's the Phoenix matchup? It's been great. I've I've loved it. It's because like you have the end Exile, to be able to just get their yeah. Phoenixes. You have the Unmoored Ego just to be able to get whatever their other threat is. Uh, you don't really ever care about a thing in the ice. Like the mo- for the most part, it'll be bore- It'll be like targeting like a loaded or sorry uh, an on math, and like game one is entirely about uh, jamming your threats constantly because they don't they only play like two spell pierce main if that in Phoenix, so. I, and then games two and okay. three, you play like a kind of more of a controlling role. It's 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 a very interesting and like thought provoking matchup. Like it's definitely one of the more matchups that I have to think about. But for the most part, I've been really happy with it. All my removal for the most part is exile effects. So F- okay, yeah, you know, from an outsider, that feels like to me kind of the top deck of the format right now. So I just want to see how it, you felt against it. Um, yeah, thank you for sharing this. I think that this is great. I recommend this deck if anyone is still looking for something to play. You know, this is going to come out after the RC you're talking about, I believe. Eh, maybe so not. you're going to, which one is this one? Uh, it's Calgary next week. So if Ryan... Oh, okay. So it's Calgary next week. Ryan's so yeah, editing. we should have this uh, available. You, should, you, should uh, you know, hit up, hit up Ashiok, find out about what his um, his sideboarding plans are, and maybe even see a final version of the list if you want. True, true, true. Shout out, yeah, just yell at me in the Discord. I will, I will listen. Yeah, so, 
So what I love here is that we kind of have like each of the magic personalities. Um, so your recommendation, you know, preparing for RC season is go and play at least one league on Moto a day. Or like go on paper, go to stores, just play. Yeah. Just any any practice is better than no practice. Oh, see, I was going to say, you know, Ryan's our, our Timmy. He's out uh, playing a game rather than actually thinking, yeah, 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 uh, which yeah. I think is perfect for us. And then, uh, you know, if you want to be like me, go ahead and spend at least one hour a day thinking about stupid things you can do with Agus's Thol- Soul Cauldron, because that's what I've been doing since that card has come yeah, out. Yeah, I've seen that <laughs> card in Standard. You know, that card in Standard's been lit. I am just on Scryfall being like, oh, wait, what about th- this kind oh, of Oh, this card has an activated ability? This card has an activated ability? I imagine, like, if you uh, Google activated ability on Scryfall, you're at least getting, like, 50 pages. So I think in 50 days, if you go, like, two... Or sorry, I think you could do it in, like, 25 days. Just, like, an hour yeah. on the Scryfall. I think the funniest things is I've found things that don't work is, like... Um, you know, I was trying an Elves deck, and Adapt does not work with, I guess, a Soul, Soul Cauldron at all. Which one's Adapt again? That's the one that... That's... It's it's kind of like um, monstrous, but like you you pay an amount, and uh, if you don't have any plus one plus one counters, oh, on, it's like incubation druid. That's what counters. it is. Okay. Yep, but you have to not have counters on it in order to use it. Yeah, that um, sounds really bad. I'm glad we figured that out. <laughs> I was also trying to flip faithbound judge, and that didn't work at all. Um, anyways, so that was going to be my suggestion is go ahead and follow us on Twitter or X uh, and go ahead and find out what we're talking about these decks later on and find out from Ashiok by following him as well later on in the week, what the actual results of his RC prep are. Uh, but go ahead and follow us at MDG pioneer would be the first thing to do. Yeah. Do that. Follow, follow would be good. And then, and then follow Ashiok. Yeah, I need follows. <laughs> you wrap her up? Yeah, this is where we need Ryan here to uh, you know keep us on track. Sure. But uh, thank you for joining me. This was a fun episode. I think we went over a lot of what was going on. I got to ask some deep cutting questions, and we found out a little bit more about the meta. And we really got to figure Anything out last minute to we say. We really got to figure out ourselves. That's the thing is we got to figure out ourselves as players, and we got to you know look at the meta and realize that we know nothing other than like maybe calling a couple of cards. I would just like to say that I was the most correct. I said that up the beanstalk would be the most playable in Pioneer. And thus far, it was my number one, and I'd like to say I'm doing pretty good. I, I kind of want to like. I don't remember what I said. I, uh, you know, the way this week has been going, I probably won't even remember this episode. So I may have found myself, but I'm about to lose it again. Oh, no. uh, and thank, you, but thank you guys all for listening to us rambling on here. Uh, we are the first Pioneers podcast. We look forward to being your first, your go-to source for Pioneer information online. Uh, your first Pioneers are fading out. <laughs>